Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Custom Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let's not waste any time and get right into things. Spring practice, we're about at the halfway point. So let's talk about what we've learned, what we've been able to glean, and what lies ahead leading up to the spring game on April 23rd. Before we do anything else, thank you so much for your support of Longhorn Blitz. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just appreciate you being a part of this week's presentation. Anywhere you get your podcasts, Search Horns 24-7, click that follow button, get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review, and don't forget to get the Horns 24-7 for the latest and greatest in Longhorn team news, notes, nuggets, recruiting coverage galore. It's all at Horns 24-7, so get over there and check out everything that we've got on the site. Now, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drum machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? I'm not gonna lie. I'm coming still on that WrestleMania high from being at uh, WrestleMania Sunday. So. <laughs> All right, that's good. Oh, Stone good. Cold, man. I, I mean, it hit yes, my sir. side. I'm not even a wrestling guy, and I saw Stone Cold out there. So, yes, that's, sir. I bet it's a big, big comeback. Me and my buddies, I went with, were talking. We're like, man, how did the guys that get the biggest crowd reaction still? It's like the Undertaker, Triple H, Vince McMahon, like. The guys that we were watching on TV 20 years ago still get the biggest crowd reactions, Great even point. compared to the newer guys on the court. By the way, uh, Pat McAfee, I heard about this. a passable wrestling match for oh, Pat yeah. McAfee. A really? lot better than Vince McMahon. It was, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. He's got a good personality. He was a punter. So, well, uh, I mean, Jerry's yeah. a punter. Yeah. He's like the one punter Punters that's are people too. flipped like over Harmon. to be cool in pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Urban Meyer. Urban, go, yeah, go, exactly. kick, go kick McAfee around. Uh, the voice you hear defending punters and Pat McAfee and folks of his ilk uh, is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist. For the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL when he was done with football. He got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro, brother. It's good as always. Great as always. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the fact that uh, we're about halfway done with spring practice. Yeah, and man. football goes by too fast. It does. Uh, I think the I got a little bit of a viewing window, and it was a very limited viewing window on Tuesday, uh, so you don't see a ton, just kind of who's lining up where, who's there. Uh, more than most get. Guy, guy, guys on the hoof, uh, things of that nature. So not a, not a ton to glean, but being at practice, listen, being there for Sark's post-practice press conference, uh, our uh, shout out to Hudson Standish at Horns twenty four seven for putting together our notes package this weekend. Our insider notes from a, a big Saturday practice on the forty acres. Um, 
all that considered, I think today, Tuesday, the practice in the press conference, it was more right. It was more confirmation than revelation. A lot of stuff we've heard from sources, a lot of the stuff that you can just kind of read the tea leaves and assume, start kind of confirmed a lot of that. That's good. And I think it starts with the quarterback position and the fact that, yeah, Hudson Card a full year with Sark going into year two. That has him ahead of Quinn Ewers. But he did say Quinn has kind of accepted the challenge of, hey, just worry about the install today. Mm-hmm. And then you digest today and then worry about tomorrow yeah, and so on and so forth. Don't think about what the offense is going to be when you get to the regular season. Don't think about what it's going to be at the end of spring practice. Don't think about what it's going to be in scrimmage portions on Saturday. Just deal with it today. And he feels like Quinn Ewers has done a good job of digesting that. I, Rod, everything I've heard, what I can see with my own eyes watching these guys go through drills, it just feels like it's only a matter of time before Quinn Ewers is QB1. I mean, unless, unless – he just is deer in the headlights and scrimmage situations, and it just doesn't work. Uh, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it would have to take a Carson Carr because I'm not surprised that he's leading right now. He should be leading the quarterback competition right now. He's got familiarity at least more with the playbook, uh, with the play caller, uh, with the different players, with the wide receivers. Should be more chemistry there, even though. You know, X-Man is probably more of a Quinn Ewers fan. Did change the Twitter profile pick to Quinn <laughs> Ewers at one point. But I, I do think for Hudson Card to win the quarterback competition, I think he's going to have to win it by a, 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 a wide margin. I don't think he can be a close competition. I think if it's a close competition, history tells you that the coach here on the 40 Acres, the Texas football head coach, more oftentimes than not will call it for the guy with the higher ceiling. Like, like Mac Brown did with Vince Young over Chance Mock, like he did with Chris Sims over Major Applewhite. Even if you disagree and the coach turns out to be, you know, wrong or it doesn't work out. David Ashton Case McCoy. Uh, David Ashton Case McCoy is another one. Now we have seen the Colt McCoy, Jevin Sneed one, and that was a little different. That's what Hudson Card is hoping for. That type of, you know, that type of result where in the off season. And, of course, which is overall skill level, period, uh, Cole McCoy was able to win the competition. He was just a better quarterback and won it with the eye test, but also won over the locker room, too, more importantly. Um, so I don't know where Hudson Card stands with all and all those factors, but I think he's going to have to win it by a wide margin. It can't be close like he was last year, right? right. Last year it was really close. If, it, if it's close, I think he'll go Quinn Ewers just because mm-hmm. of the higher ceiling. And that's sort of what he did last year with Hudson Card out of the gate. You know, uh, actually, it is. That's a great point. Yeah, it so is. So, like, yeah. when you look at it right now, Quinn Ewers sort of in that role. And then, you know, if somehow Hudson, say, he does excel past expectations, I think if you hear anything and Hudson ends up being the guy or contending more for the scenario, uh, this the job in this scenario, mm-hmm. I would say it's because Hudson takes a step that's unexpected and is actually playing on a much higher level than if it's the other way around because most likely you're going to have the cream rise to the top when you're so talented like yours. Could it be a deal, though, where Rod, and again, we've got all summer to talk about this, but this is top of mind for me right now. If it's close, do you go with Hudson Card and just make it a really short leash? Man, you really want to be going back and forth? Ideally, wouldn't you like to make one decision and then that be it? Because – you think about where you could go, right? Let's say you go Hudson Clark. You figure, all right, it's close. I'm going with the guy who's a veteran who's already been there and done that. It's like, okay. Um, and let's say Hudson Card 
you know, has a game, and I think you will early on, and not because it's all Hudson Carr, because your offensive line is going to go up against a Bama offensive line. I was going to say, how about game uh, two on the schedule? <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Right? I think there's a, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's a high likelihood you're going to have one of those during-the-headlights games for Hudson Carr. Because mm-hmm. I still believe that he sees pressure. He looks at it. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know what I mean? You can, you can of feel pressure. Field. You can feel pressure, right? But looking at it and seeing it is one thing. And then, and this is the thing with Hudson Card also, because I was watching some film on Hudson Card just the other day. Cause I was like, you know, let me go back and watch Hudson Card more. See if I'm underappreciating Hudson Card as a player. He looks right at the pressure. Like he, and most quarterbacks will do that. They through that periphery, through that periphery, they'll see the pressure and they'll feel the pressure. But then, then they can kind of get away from the pressure. That's called that, you know, pocket presence. Mm-hmm. So he suffers with that a little bit. And I believe this is Sark talking to him. He's got chances to run, and we know he can run. Got played wide receiver in high school. Actually, he's one of your faster players on offense probably right now, which is probably not a good thing, right? <laughs> probably why Sark wants more speed on offense. But you can tell Sark's telling him that when use your legs to keep the play alive and use your arms to make the play, right? Use your arm to make the play, but your, your legs to keep it alive. And I think he takes that to heart. This is me just, just spitballing. And I think he takes that to heart. So instead of when K, I think Casey heard that from Sark. I think, to, I think Sark told both of them that. Mm-hmm. And I think, because you know, Sark despises dual threat quarterback. Like he's almost offended when you ask him, about, oh, oh, oh. no, no, that's not what we do. Yeah. He's almost offended by you Matt talking about Jones. dual threat quarterbacks. He does. He hates the aspect of a dual threat quarterback in his offense, right? I'm sure he appreciates it. So I think when Casey heard that same thing, Casey said, hell no, you ain't out there. That offensive line is bad. When I, when I, got, when I feel pressure, I'm gone. Yeah. When I make the decision to run, it ain't. I'm not keeping the play alive. I'm getting out of there now. Maybe I can, but you got you got a, a X man is a freshman. That's your best wide receiver. You don't have tight ends that work the middle very well. You don't work the scramble drill really well. Jordan Whittington, I think I'm hurt. Joshua Moore couldn't make enough plays. You got a lot of issues working there to try to. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna keep the play alive and make mm-hmm. something happen, happen downfield. No, no pass protection and no veteran wide receivers to help work the scramble drill. So I think Casey knew because he knew the team better. He's a game plan guy too. He, right? Like, he's, he like, he's like, no, hell no. I gotta go. I gotta go. When mm-hmm. when I when I feel the pressure, I gotta get the hell out of dodge. And I think Hudson Carl was actually trying to work the technique, work the coaching. My coach told me, keep the play alive, keep my eyes downfield. Yep. He's like, no, you can't do that. Now with this offense, okay. you don't have those types of players. And I think that's where Hudson Carl Okay. Did. Let me let me Sark was asked about this after practice today. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me try to go through this quote. I don't have the thing like completely fully transcribed, okay. but let me try to work through this and I'm I'm gonna butcher this. I apologize right now, but this is on my voice <laughs> editing software, so I'll try to go. I'll try to go through this as best I can. Uh, this is all Sark. He said, "Well, I think it's a feel, a feel thing. There's a feel to watch their feet." He said, "I think there's a feel of watching their eyes. Are they dropping their eyes and looking at the rush? Are they keeping their vision? Mm-hmm. Is the ball coming out on time when there's a presence coming free in their face?" And we talk a lot about contact courage. And if I say contact courage. Most people think of the receiver going over the middle and making a tough catch or a running back on the sideline, but the quarterback has to have contact courage. Mm-hmm. I'm standing here and the three technique beats the guard, and here comes the 300-pound guy right in my face, and I'm asking them to stand right there and deliver the ball and take that hit. That takes courage. But sometimes it takes taking that hit to learn, hey, uh, I got up, I'm okay. And I think that's what the great ones have, and they also have that natural feel. Uh, if the timing's not right, he's not ready, I need to feel that and avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I may have to avoid it to go to my next read. I may have to avoid it to escape. There's a lot of feel in that. And the only way you get through that is through repetition and taking those reps and doing it. 
It's been a point of emphasis for us with him, talking about Hudson Card. But I don't want to take away from him. Uh, he's a really good athlete, and Hudson's legs are a weapon for him. And I know we don't call a lot of design runs with our quarterbacks, but the third down, red area at different times of the game, man coverage, when he can escape and use his legs, they're a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to take that. Uh, I don't want to take that away from him either. So it's a fine line, and we're just trying to educate uh, everyone who plays here. Uh, here's this opportunity to do this. Okay, now I'm getting away from it. But yeah. then basically, that's, that's a good quote. I yeah. like that that's quote. On too I'll clean it up. But yeah. you go back to the I'll, player's nature and like, what's the nature of a guy like Hudson Carr? Because like, if you're talking about the contact courage. Some quarterbacks just have that process almost simplified. If you're Tom Brady, you don't have the option of mm-hmm. a short space quickness to be able to evade a guy. You have to play quarterback knowing that, okay, that three techs beat his man. I have less than two seconds. I have to now, within those two seconds, not be distracted by this guy bearing down on me. Yep. about to knock the crap out of me. My mm-hmm. two, I have to use these two Put seconds the to survey the field. <laughs> Forget about that. And about be it. able to go and read everything right and get rid of the ball to the best yep. option without throwing a turnover. And that's where I think we saw the buff for a guy like Hudson because what's in his nature? He actually has a short space quickness and knows he can evade him, but he knows his job is to keep the mm-hmm. ball downfield. Yep. And if you're weighing in between those two, you can't be between one or the other can't. or you have no chance at either. Yeah, and in purgatory. That's, and that's yeah. why we saw him make people miss in that Louisiana game and rolling out to the side and we're like, oh, wow, these are some tools that are really good. But it actually can complicate scenarios because you have that as an option where some quarterbacks, Brady lived his whole life. That's not an option. I've got to go and make sure I know how to throw the ball downfield. It's like a hitter just focusing on seeing the fastball or seeing whatever pitch is coming in and totally eliminating the pitches they're trying to make you swing at that you're going to end up going and making a bad soft contact play on. And there's examples of these across sports, but a guy like Hudson's a perfect example at the quarterback position. And for him to have to be doing that in real time, it's going to be really tough. And now he can develop those tools, but it's going to be really hard until you're able to be in both scenarios to feel where you're at. Yeah, yeah, Rod, I just sent you that audio yeah. at the time. Thank Stay you very much, so No, because I'm just I, – I went back here because I wanted to – and I, I think Hudson's getting a little bit of a raw deal. We all agree, right? It's just – it's the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? It's the position you play. It's the position you play. Uh, at Texas. Yeah, exactly, at Texas. You asked for this because you wanted to be the quarterback at Hale, Texas. I'm sure you – I think that's for, a, I think that's for any blue blood program. Yeah, you know that is. you were you were the guy in your recruiting class at that position. Guess what? If that program is doing it the right way, they're going to recruit one in the next class just as good or better than you. Yeah, there's a and the year after that, and the year after that. Yeah, they always say um, if they're doing it the right way, being the key part of that. <laughs> you lose them how you get them. It's a great line that women always tell other women who like like with Khloe Kardashian, right? That she lost Tristan Thompson the way <laughs> she got him. Right, you he was cheating on yep. his woman with you, and then you lost him because he was cheating on you with some other woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same thing is true for the quarterback market. Right, you're gonna lose him how you get him. Most times, like yeah, you you got that guy because you was recruiting the five star, but also you're gonna lose him because you was recruiting a ton of five stars and just stacking that room with great quarterback play. This is the way it is. I just because more money, more problems. But I'm saying, go back. You know, if you guys got some time, who are listening to this, go back and watch Hudson Card, and you can tell. You can almost you know, kind of work backwards and see, because I think he is trying to work through the coaching. I do believe he's trying to be coachable. Um, but almost, uh, you know, my man uh, Shano has a great quote, right? Don't be a robot, though. Mm. Yeah. Be coachable, but don't be a robot out there. And I think there are times Hudson Carr became a robot yeah, because uh, he was trying to be coachable. And I think and, uh, I think Casey Thompson was able to shake it off because he's a veteran and went, no, 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 I'm going to be me. 
I'm gonna do what you say, Coach. But to a certain extent, I'm gonna go out there and make the damn play. Because if I make the play, I, I make the play. You don't happy. care. You don't care about none of that other stuff you're talking about. If I go out there and make the damn play, yep. I think that applies for. I think I think what you just said, right, about being robotic. We can apply that to damn near, with the exception of running back. Apply that to every position group on the roster last year. Man, you unfortunately, I think you may have a good point. I I, I said it about the DBs a lot. I yeah. said it about the DBs a ton. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> X Man and Bijan, maybe that's it. Uh, X, but X Man wasn't coached really. Yeah, no, he, he wasn't there long went. enough to really be coached. That was all natural for him. Yeah. Now you got Brendan Marion. You guys know I wasn't an Andre Coleman fan. I for years said that wasn't the right choice. Uh, but so I don't think I'm I'm a Jeff on that. I think those guys are ro- were robots too. Remember they couldn't even get all bump and run coverage in 2020 because mm-hmm. they were robots. They didn't they they never could go up there creatively and have a plan of attack. They always you can tell he flipped his told them all right I won't. Two two jab steps outside and come home strong inside and it's like okay is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> that can take. That's why you know <laughs> about when they set me up for that. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's no different than like think of any job that you have that takes any level of of skill, mm-hmm. right? Rod, for you talking on the radio, for me it's writing, for Matt it's daily fantasy. Like, thing too, like if you if you just I appreciate that, and for anybody out there, whatever your line of work is, if it takes any amount of skill. There are you can follow if you're just following a blueprint and a step by step process on how to do that job. Yep. You could train a monkey to do your job. Exactly right. Or, yeah. or a robot can do your job. Yeah. But unexpected. If you just happen. try to, that's one. Not to get off too far on a tangent. That's why I no, hate. That's why I hate radio. Like if people are like, oh, well, you got to pay attention to the clock and you have to talk about this and promote this. Well, if you're just asking me to follow this very formulaic. Milk toast version of radio. Yeah. Why did you hire me? Exactly. Yep. I, mean, I, think, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. And if it, if it succeeds or fails, it succeeds or fails because it's the way I want to do it. Yep. That's why I love the way Coach Akina used to teach. He was like, I can't tell you how to cover those routes. Like, yeah. I, that, he said, that's that's ridiculous to tell me you cover the six route the same way every time. You cover the nine routes. You're not going to be in this situation every time. It's going to be a different athlete across from you every time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be feeling different one one day. Hey, you're going to have to deal with an ankle injury one day and also be out there covering. That's going to change the way you cover. Yeah. I got to teach you how to solve problems. Yeah. I got to give you tools. I got to give you resources so that you know how to solve problems. Because you know what? You're going to be a different player when you're 20. If you're lucky enough to be playing in the NFL mm-hmm. at 30, you're going to be yeah. a different player than you are at, at 18 when you, when you were playing as a young man. Or when you're at 23, all those times where you, go, you need to be solving problems that entire time, right? Because the, the athlete you're facing is going to be different. You're gonna, the systems you're playing in are going to be different. You're going to be uh, – your tactics and your technique are going to be different depending on who you're playing and the level. And all those things to say, I said, and, and you got to the point my junior and senior year late in it. I mean, we would just get coverages, and hell, man, me and Nasty Nate, we'd play it how we wanted to play it. Yeah. We can play bail technique, we can go play bump technique, we can play, play off because he already knew, like, that they see it. They see the down the distance. They see what I see, and if they if they if they disagree, if if me and him disagree on what was actually the right technique or tactic that should have been implemented, uh, they're right more than I am as a coach. If I did my damn job, yeah. if I taught them correctly, they're gonna they're gonna show me something. And go, coach! No, no, coach! I had to go bail. This is why. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Damn, you're right. <laughs> bail was the better technique. You tell the Mike. You tell the Mike. <laughs> you Leach. get to the same well, result or yes, a different path. Different. You tell the Mike Leach story path. all the time, right? Mike <laughs> Leach with his quarter, his young quarterbacks. He'll give them like yeah. a spring. All practice. he calls is pass play. Yeah, and <laughs> is like, well, coach, that's the play you call. No dummy. 
<laughs> audible, audible to a run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. If they've got five guys in the box, we can run the football. <laughs> run the football. But coach, you called the pass, and they, they get cussed out every time. And I'm yeah. gonna do that every co- every quarterback's been through it. It was a leech guy. He said every, maybe every now and then some young quarterback had the testicular fortitude, the gall to check it, but they had to go through that process. They know you do, you're not a robot. I know I called this. You're on the field. Mm-hmm. You're the one making the executive decision. Yeah. And like case, like we think Casey thinks, right? If I make the play, coach don't really give a damn how I did it. Mm-hmm. If I and, and the truth is, that's right. Yeah. No coach is gonna get you. Go out there and make a play on the ball. No coach is gonna yell at you and you come and sound like, "Damn it, man! You didn't. You were out of position. Get the hell on the bench." You're like, no, you make the play. He's gonna give you time. You're like, man, he made the play. We'll we'll sort that out in film study. Except for like Bobby <laughs> Knight. Bobby play. Knight might Let's have been moving. Yeah, over exactly. There. And I don't you, like you think, Bobby Knight stuff. How right? often you think? How often you think Greg Davis got mad at Vince Young for making the wrong read on a on a on a read option? Come on now. Never. Yeah, act, then getting a thirty-yard game. Vince, you got a thirty-yard game, but you should have, you should have, you, you had to give it right there. The give was right there. That's why you would fire Greg Davis. You sound ridiculous, Greg Davis, telling that guy there or what he yeah, should know, know the mean? football. Like, nah, if that's that would have happened, yeah. yeah exactly. When that's where the game. If I was Vince Young, I would have laughed in Greg Davis's face. Exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of what we're talking about. Like it's being. And, but the thing about Hudson Card, Rod, are you are you going are you working your way forward? Or are you going backwards in your film study? Uh, I started kinda... at the beginning. I started. Okay. I went Louisiana, and then I went. Because through. I think the unfortunate thing with Hudson Card, maybe the best sequence of football he played all year was the West Virginia game before he got hurt. Yeah, no, that was. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. That was a good sequence. Because remember, he came in and it was kind of shaky, and then he hits that third down pass to Marcus Washington. He comes back, he hits the touchdown to X Man, and he's like, now you're seeing there's some confidence, there's a rhythm. He does look comfortable. And then he gets his leg rolled up on, and that ends the season. So it's yeah. like right, right when we yeah. may or right when we may or may not have started to see him go on a trajectory of some sort, yeah. he got hurt. And he has so many things working against him. And I, and I said this, and we we all talked about this, uh, Lohan Blitz. You know, in the in this off season before the season started, the 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 disadvantages of working in that offense with that offensive line being subpar with receiver questions and a lot of issues at receiver turns out we had a ton of them right in terms of injuries and Joshua Moore stuff all of that uh and then the Troy Mary injury even before all that uh with that happening there was a lot working against the quarterbacks that was just a ton mm-hmm. and you know tight end production we talked about that right there's that's been an endangered species on the 40 acres the only thing you really had working for the quarterback position was Bijan Robinson and the running back room that was yeah. it and honestly I think you're you're still now you have more weapons because you got X Men and Isaiah Nayor. We hope Isaiah Nayor is going to be the real deal. Apparently had a really nice practice on right. Saturday. Can't count on really Jay Witt, even though love what I'm hearing about Jay Witt putting two three hours a day into his body therapy recovery rehab. Love that kind of stuff because I'm hoping it works out for him. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot working against these quarterbacks, and I hope Sark thinks about that in the overall evaluation. And it. That's why when you put Hudson Card in there, you got to tailor that offense for Hudson Card, man. It's got to be more quick game. It's got to get out quick for him. Like he's got to, he he's got to get, he's got to, he's a rhythm guy. Yeah, he's got to get in the rhythm. You don't get that guy in the rhythm, man. He's gonna just early on as a young quarterback, he's gonna be lost, and you're, they're gonna be able to you know, discombobulate him, yeah. extract from his confidence. You got to get him in a rhythm. Hey, you do Louisiana game, man. Yeah, when you got that guy in there, because it, it, he was it was all about a rhythm, opening script. Yeah, this, he can exactly. work the plays all season. The antithesis, like the, Game the antithesis, a good one for that. Yeah. no, the antithesis of, of Hudson Card is you did everything right in the Louisiana game to get him off to a good start, and and you changed the launch point for him, and you used quick game, and mm-hmm. all the things we talk about that help him be successful. In the Arkansas game, he never had a chance. Never had a chance. 
because you didn't you didn't break out a lot of those cheat codes and concepts. You it felt like you yeah. lived in third and long. Yep, a whole day. Yep, you did. I mean, honestly, well, they did in Louisiana. Remember, we talked no, about that's how true, what yeah, an yeah. it was in And Louisiana. he locked into Whittington on every play and got that first down there. It was big Thank too. you, Matt. Exactly. Yeah. We I thought we about talked that. about yep. that. We were like, that is weird now. That is very strange. I think they were like four, though. They had like four. I think they converted like four third and, and, and double digits. I think six game. of the first seven crazy. completions to Whittington. I think you're right, though, Rod. I think they were like. Was, they converted like four and like thirteen plus. Yeah, like, yeah third exactly. Down, yeah. Like ridiculous third and longs. And I thought to myself, we we talked about. It, I was like, eh, that's not sustainable. But it, to, to accomplish it means you're a badass. Like that's pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't sustainable. And then yeah, we found out later about a lot of stuff. I don't. I, honestly, like I said, Louisiana. I, Louisiana is slapping themselves. I'm guarantee yeah, you because of that. There's game. a <laughs> there's an analyst or a GA that was responsible for that film that did not go to, with Billy Napier to Florida. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you staying here? You cost, you do cost me a win. Cost me a win over Texas. You listen to Longhorn Blitz, you'd have been good. Yeah, we been breaking down Texas for you. You listen to a month of Longhorn Blitz, you'd be like, I got a pre-style game plan on how we can beat Texas. We really were breaking it down to that stint, and we turned out to be all like eighty percent right about yeah. most of that stuff. Uh, yeah, but, and then by the Arkansas game, we <laughs> to our first point when we talked about with Hudson, you know, seeing. That uh, you know look, pressure coming in when like, like yeah. that was the thing that like they just hadn't got home on those handful of third and long plays he was able to get rid in time keeping his eyes maybe downfield but the first time he you get hit you could see how that changes everything and at that point he's sort of playing between the two the rest of and the I understand football. what Sark is saying about a quarterback needing to have you know contact courage I, I get that because that's quote. part of what playing that position is mm-hmm. but at the same time get back to what we just talked about don't you need to give your quarterback some fail safes in your offense to where he doesn't have to do that. Ding, ding, ding. All that often. Yep. That, I, he the, didn't know the. Remember, he, he obviously didn't know the roster well. We talked about that. So yeah. the hope now is that he does know the roster. He knows the limitations. He knows the deficiencies. No, we give him a little bit of a pass last year because I think he underestimated. I think he the offseason was distorted for him too. Remember they kept talking about the D line, D line, yeah. D line. Turns out your O line was just really, really bad. Because your D-line wasn't that good. And yeah. I'm hoping this year that's not the same thing because I keep hearing, oh, the D-line, D-line. I'm like, oh, no. No! Well, that's what well, we what heard you're in talking about. Well, no, but what you're saying, Rod, it's, it's not – I don't think it's given a pass because well, we did the same thing with Charlie and we did the same thing with Tom to where it's like not giving you a pass, but there's an, there's an understanding of there's a lot of work to be done yeah. in year one. But – what what is the butt rod? The, the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size butt. You better fix those things going into year two. Yes, sir. Yeah, you that's be- when it you better have you. made the proper assessment and understand your roster and, like you said, know your limitations and know where you need to help your quarterback. But getting back, but the bottom line for me and all that is, man, if we're talking about all these fail safes that you have to put in the offense for Hudson Card and tailor your offense to Hudson Card, if you got a dude in Quinn Ewers that can just flat rip it, um, and you don't need to change all that much? Isn't that kind of just another advantage for Quinn Ewers eventually being the guy? Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he will also have some of those same limitations because the offense is still the same old line. And I know he's got a quicker release, so you'll be able to run more RPOs, which Sark wants to do. I still would love a way to be able to track RPOs. It's just so tough. Like it's, just, it's almost impossible without the all 22. And even you got to almost know the play calls. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have to know the team so really, well. You got exactly, to know the team so well. Is it a true play action? Was this a re- legit RPO? Yeah. Well, and then to trying, the nature that comes really back tough. with like a guy like Mike Leach, how every play with him you know, is a pass to be uh, – every RPO mm-hmm. by its nature sort of is – 
that yeah. built-in idea to where you go into it already preconceived and then it's off the read of yeah. what you do. So I, I can't, you know, like I said, I, I, I'd feel I'd, I'd feel like somebody hustling you guys if I was trying to track RPO. The truth is, somebody's trying to track up, you could do it, but it, it there, ideally, uh, you'd like to be accurate, and it's going to be a highly inaccurate stat. Yeah, so but it's just going to be you guessing. About the only thing you could track is you could— passes, maybe. You could tra- you could track mesh point activity and based on the mesh point activity if it was a if it was a run or a pass yeah but again I think if, pass, if it was a pass passes it, are easier to track it could be a, it could be just a a legit play action pass it where there be. was no run tag yeah and he's got and, and, and Sark you, actually has misinformation I forgot what he calls them but he's got fake RPOs. Yeah, on yeah. the backside of plays. He's got fake RPOs in his office, too. Yeah. So he's throwing out multiple uh, you know, concepts of misinformation out there. So it's just really, really tough. But anyway, <laughs> he wants to run more RPOs. Yeah. Because you look at uh, Lane Kiffin. I read that Matt Corral's, uh, mm-hmm. that they estimate that he ran 32% of his passes were RPO passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sark at Alabama, they had him at around 20%. I think he wants to be at that because there's no way he was at that at Texas. I think he wants to get it. But that's good because that insulates you in pass protection a little bit. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you do have the run element, but you have, it's quick game. I mean, you get the ball out quickly, and something tells me that Quinn Ewers, you know, quick hands may benefit the RPO game a little bit more than Hudson Carter. I think, too, with, with, with your – Sark talked after practice today about the competition at tight end, and it looks like yeah. – that top group, your top two have been Jaleel Billingsley and Jatavian Sanders for about a week now, and it looks like they've maybe separated themselves a little bit. Uh, at least that's the hope. When I watch tight end drills, they're the first two guys going every time. And like based on the practice reports from sources, it sounds like those two guys are kind of where you would expect it to be because Billingsley knows this offense. Very he knows true. this offense. Very true. And we talked about just the freak Jatavian Sanders is. Um I think, Rod, your RPO game works better just naturally when you've got guys that can help create space. If you've got playmakers at tight end, if you've got a guy we've talked about, the vertical threat Isaiah Mayor brings, if you've got guys that can naturally create space and open up things underneath to let Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy work, that that helps your RPO game infinitely more. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, one of the things you'll recognize if you co- go start watching the film from last year – a lot of safety started flat foot reading Texas um, because they tight ends couldn't threaten them vertically. Down I think about it like de- decompressing. Yeah, decompressing, decompressing that first five to seven yards. Yeah, go out, look at Oklahoma State. Go watch that game. They just started creeping closer and closer. Mm-hmm. They just, they just, they just started creeping closer and closer. Like there, there are some you can almost some downs where you watch it, some reps where it, man, it's, it looks like there are like eight, nine guys in the box. When, they, when Texas does, like, it's compressed mm-hmm. sets. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You're, you're totally right about that. If you get those tight ends that can at least threaten vertically, those safeties wouldn't be flat-foot reading everything, which opens up the RPO game. If you got no RPO games, your safeties are flat-foot reading stuff because they're just going to be able to jump yeah. those RPOs. Because if, if, if it's Jaleel Billingsley or Jatavian Sanders making a vertical release oh, and yeah. I'm the linebacker or the safety responsible for that yeah, guy, you better start back I'm, I better be, I better be on, on my horse. Better be turning and running. Yeah. yeah, so I totally agree with you on that. Obviously – Jeff Banks is, I think, his number one job is for Jaleel Billingsley and for Javian Tanders, who's making the transition now to tight end. You got to teach him how to block because you would like for them to supplement in pass protection. But, hell, I, I, I think Jaleel Billingsley is a weaker blocker probably than Kate Brewer or uh, Jared he was He was probably one of the, honestly, like the PFF, if you just look at the PFF numbers, he was one of the worst blocking tight ends in the Power Five last year. There you go. Yeah. So you got, you got your work cut out for you. 
And that's not why he's bringing him here. He's not bringing him no, to that. No, no. My point is, we talked about the you being pre- you too predictable in twelve personnel, right? With the with the actual personnel you were bringing out there. We talked about that Kate Brewer and Jared Wiley last year with the average depth of target, uh, and I got him around sixty nine percent run rate in twelve personnel. All right, uh, half of your runs are out of one back, two tight ends. You want to be more multifaceted in that personnel package to try to be less predictable and harder to defend. And really, those guys, I know when they're out there, it's going to help you, but you're also going to be really, really weak when it comes to pass protection, and teams are probably going to start trying to zero blitz you mm-hmm. out of that 12 personnel when you see it because they know, like, well, they can't protect anyway. And you're going you're gonna to have longer developing routes potentially out of your 12 if only two receivers are out on routes. And, and that's he doesn't why... like Bijan in pass protection, which I agree. I want Bijan out on the routes, but then you got a weak O-line and your weak blocking tight ends. Your QB. Max protect where, is the devil. Exactly. Right? exactly. You know I'm an empty man. Just go empty. And that's go where in. the skill set, a guy like Billingsley is sort of the guy, like if you go and see what which players are sort of tied together on these type of play calls, and you look at mm-hmm. uh, if you're talking about 12 personnel and you're running more play action or the way a RPO is viewed by like an offensive coordinator as a run call, and then you have that pass tied to it on the backside, Billingsley is the type of guy that is – in the one advantageous situation, he isn't one of the few guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. He's the one sort of tied to the play action, which you then get behind the seam, and that's why he has such a high depth of target for him being a tight end. It's why it's ten more than 10 yards downfield. And a lot of the times is whenever it's playing the same action of the player that's biting on the run or the RPO or the play action and leaving the opening in the middle of the field for the Billingsley role tight end, the vertical tight end in those two tight end yeah, sets. Yeah, but you can't. Those guys can't be a liability run blocking. Yeah, then they're not the, respected. If you winning the numbers game, you're gonna be losing the numbers game. Yeah, if those guys can't actually supplement run blocking, that's what I'm saying. So be interesting to see what period. Sanders is because Sanders yes. is so athletic. He's so athletic. He should he can maybe be the guy that yeah. can do both. That's true. So speaking of being predictable, I asked Sark about Keelan Robinson, and I'm trying to find the quote. Uh, okay, yeah, here's yeah, the quote. I heard yours on the way in on like the tower. It was good. Yeah, so he was talking about not a, not a gadget anymore. No, he was asked about guys. Well, yeah, glad you brought up that word because remember last summer after they got him in the portal, Sark was talking about oh he could be a gadget guy. We could use Keelan Robinson gadget in, in, guy. in, in gadget different guy. ways. That's when you're polishing it, right? But here's so Sark was asked kind of who which guys have separated, which is always a loaded question for a head coach because they're you know so they're gonna they're gonna leave somebody out or you know maybe mention a guy they didn't really want to mention. Or insinuate just, you're saying the other guys yeah are doing worse. But you know he did mention some guys. He's like Jalen Ford looks like a different player. Jordan Whittington's a guy. He said look the last few games they got him coming off the injury didn't look like the same guy that they had the first four games. Okay. He, he said Jay Witts had a good camp, but he talked about those three running backs who separated themselves in the three R. Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Keelan Robinson. Keelan. And I asked about Keelan Robinson, just how big was it for him when Bijan suffered the elbow injury? And we know Roshan was banged up all year last year. Yeah. For him to get like real live, legit running back carries in the way he was your tailback in the West Virginia He's game. Handed it off to him. Yeah. School, yeah. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this because I, it's my my otter that publishes that, you know, I do the transcribes everything for me, but it's not 100% accurate. They do shorthand. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I asked Sark about it, about, how you know, does that help you, how can that help you expand his skill set to where it's not predictable when he enters the game? He said, yeah, I think that's helpful. Keelan has got a really high football IQ, and he's a tough dude. He's not the biggest guy, but he's very tough, and he plays the game hard. 
I think we saw his ability to kind of be a regular back and not a gimmick guy. Now, this is going to be Jeff's, I'm going to read way too much into what the head coach said segment. There's a big difference between a gadget guy and a gimmick guy. And what, to me, <laughs> yeah, what no, that that's means, what I was saying. it's like, polished, it's like with, DJ with Monroe. what were you talking about with defenders, right, Rod? What, what guys that were, you weren't big enough to play a DN, but you were a little too big to be a linebacker. What they used to call you back in the day? Did you call them tweeners. You used to be a tweener. Mm-hmm. Now what are you? Now you're a position when you, flex. When used properly. You're a position flex. Then they, they took a, a hybrid was what they yeah. started calling you after that, but now you're a position flex. But you're right. It's all about values, perception of value. You were a tweener when I didn't know what the hell to do with you. Mm-hmm. You were a hybrid when, you know what? Actually, you're situationally specialized. This guy, right, in the right system, I can make it work. And you're a position flex now, meaning you're Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Man, you're so unique. You are, you're a unicorn. You're Derwin James. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the difference. Right, so to that's me. That's a big point right yeah. there because the idea of gadget was a positive spin almost, but a gimmick is almost a negative connotation. As like, yeah, that's a not gimmick real. is like a flash in a pan and not built to last. Like and a that's sort of like one what, trick pony. What yep. DJ Monroe was, and basically when I heard that, I was like hearing Sark saying, "We don't want him to be our DJ Monroe. He can be more than that." Please don't. Uh, Sark said, "I think that was very helpful for everybody, but there's always that challenge of there's only so many carries, there's only one ball, and making sure we got the right balance of players and mixing those players to make sure that they're getting the touches to find a rhythm." Uh, but yet also giving other guys the opportunities to be explosive players. And I think that's uh, where Keelan improved a year ago. He's an explosive guy when he touches the ball, and we'd be remiss not to make sure that he's getting the necessary touches game in and game out. So that was his thoughts on Keelan Robinson. And yeah. that's that to me is one of the, one thing not to lose sight of the spring on offense and to check for it during the spring game. And I'll, look, I'm not saying if Keelan Robinson catches five balls for 80 yards and a touchdown in the spring game that, oh, my gosh, things are great, and let's start predicting this offense is going to average 50 points a game and set all kinds of yards per play records and yardage records and whatnot. But at the same time, man, if you can get his skill set expanded to where when you put him in the game, you really don't know what's coming. Rod, we're talking about, again, having tight ends and outside receivers that can stretch the defense and kind of decompress the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Dude, you talk about having the ability to have to play at a 21 personnel or 20 personnel and the defense doesn't know what the hell you're going to do. Yep. That that's your advantage right there. Could be for a matchup guy like Sark. That's the it's your it's your ball game at that point. Yeah, I I would look at it as a a huge coaching like win if they are able to run him on a vertical route downfield and throw mm-hmm. it to him. I don't yeah. even say he's got to catch it. Yeah. Because be if they if, if they throw it to him, that means they actually believe. Oh no, he can catch it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, no, he's I, just Deshaun Jackson or Ted Ginn. And right? He can be if you if, if that happens, if, if, even in the spring game, if I see him run, because right now he is DJ Monroe, which which would never ran a, a vertical route downfield. The scouting yep. report was easy. Listen, linebackers, you can cover him because he ain't running up field. East West. Now the worst you may have to deal with is a wheel route. They may they may do it, but I don't think I ever remember DJ Monroe being targeted on a wheel route. I think I see a running one. But never targeted down. No, DeJay Johnson was because he was a decoy. Like, yeah, 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 DeJay was a different player. Though. DeJay actually could catch the ball. Marquise Goodwin obviously was a different player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the DJ Monroe thing. Fastest guy on your damn team, but yep. he can't catch the ball running a vertical route downfield. That would be to me. That's a coaching win, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what you're talking about. Because right now all he can run is horizontal. He can catch a screen. He can get a flip pass. You can get a jet sweep, handoff. 
But the defense knows, oh, he ain't coming vertically. He ain't going. I'm not scared of him running by me. That you have to change. And I'm not saying he's got to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire and start no. running like circle routes and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. But. I don't want him running the deep <laughs> over. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, if you can run him on a hitch route or a slant route and he catch it, hallelujah. I mean, I think all Longhorn fans are going to get on their knees and thank the Lord. Hey, because <laughs> when you just start doing that and having every player on the field, if you can get to the point where just one guy can play two positions, it adds so much value in that chess beat art, art that we talk about. Mm-hmm. When We always use Shanahan as a, comp, as a comp because it's the easiest to notice and see. But whenever you can have, say, a tight end, that's a good blocker, unlike, say, Billingsley had been at Alabama. And you can have the option to then motion your tight end into the backfield, and he can act as an H-back or a fullback the way that you see a guy like Juszczyk or Kittle be interchangeable parts because they both can yep. receive. They both can motion into the backfield. Now it gives you this multiplicity. It's why Debo so valuable because so he can replace any of them on any point yep. of it across the board. But if you even just – because we've already seen our receivers, Whittington's played every position. A guy like Xavier's played basically – he didn't play a ton in the slot, but he's been able to play in the slot. Then when you talk about a guy like Sanders seems to have – some multiplicity if you can just get that multiplicity from a guy like Billingsley to be able to block and have a little bit of interchangeable aspect just to engineer a mismatch if you don't like this linebacker or this safety for this team you can then engineer the mismatch that you want via motion and it's the same thing with a guy like Bichon we've already seen be able to go out why we've seen Roshan but if you can add Keelan into that mix and have multiple players at every position that have a multiplicity to them you really can start to engineer a mismatch on every play against your opponent as long as you have you know the correct scouting report. I don't know why I went Clyde Edwards Alaire there. I think Rod would start talking anytime we talk about empty formation. I start thinking about Joe Burrow and Joe Brady, and yeah, I get empty formation. Well, he would. He'd run slants downfield. Deuce Vaughn does it. It's why they, they drafted Deuce him yeah. in the first right round. there in the slide. Deuce Vaughn will kill you on his running. He'll just run two routes. You know, he'll run Vaughn. a slant. He's option routes. He'll run the slant. Oh, he's gonna run it out. Now, what leverage are you playing? Because that's all. That all depends on what I'm gonna play. And if you want to double Deuce Vaughn the slot, okay, that's exactly what they want. I that's mean, the great thing. Yeah, it's the great thing about these Texas backs too. Bijan could do the same thing. He really could. I mean, well, I remember you said that he could play the H position in Tom Herman's offense, and I was like, uh, maybe he can. And turns out, man, you're right. He's probably the third best route runner on the team. He probably had Nayor now. Maybe it's different, but he, last year he was. I haven't trust. I haven't seen Nayor, and I've only seen Jatavian Sanders do what he's done in high school. Bichon's probably got the best hands on the team. I I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, because you've seen him I be able to one hand balls over his head while keeping his eyes down and making a guy miss yeah. on that first move. You know, like hell. I remember looking at his evaded tackles uh, per reception. They're just as high, actually, much higher than they are on a run because he has that ability. It's like yeah, catching the ball is no problem. He's hell, gonna make that first guy miss. Go back, go back and watch the Louisiana tape and watch that that slant route he runs on third down. He's in, that in the slot. Skinny, that little skinny little post. Skinny yeah. Post, yep. That was nice. I mean, it was. It was, and it was delivered on the money too. No, I'm with you. I think you should see more of him running vertical routes downfield. I hope that's the case too. You know, like I said with Keelan, you know, you just want him be able to run a just a simple slant or a hitch route. But with Bijan, I'm. I mean, I wouldn't doubt if they put a linebacker out there on him and he's out wide. Yeah, I check and just say, you know what, run a nine. Can you imagine, like? I, I'm just. I don't <laughs> get ahead of myself, but can you imagine like? Bijan getting a hand like a jet sweep handoff or doing something where he's in orbit motion, like because they did. He's in his, 
Remember they went empty formation and he was outside and they basically ran. What game we talking they, about? They, I can't remember the game. They go empty and he's outside and they kind of motion him back and they say it's a screen. I believe it ends up being a screen. Yeah. But it's out of empty formation and they kind of motion him back inside and throw the screen. I want more I'm of trying that. To, it was a home yeah. game, I want more I'm of that because. Sure. And they've done a couple of that with two by twos too with him on the outside. And they have a tight end. And they use yeah. the tight end as the blocker, and they bring yeah, yeah, yeah. as they take the tunnel screen. Yeah, okay. They, done, they, done a little they bit did of that with Cade Brewer's lead blocker. I yeah, think I remember what you talking little, about. They did a little bit, of that, and it was kind of funky. I liked it. It was I, cool. I want more of that because I, I don't, regardless of what the production is, what your record is, whatever ceremony he ends up at the end of the year. If I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I can't get to the end of the year and have meat on that bone left when it came to how you could use Bijan. I agree. Because with you, that. this I don't is think it. We have to worry about this. This is that. it. You've got to assume this is it. Well, and so far, Sarkeesian's been one of the few coaches that no matter where he's at, he's funneled his usage That's through true. his main guys. And he did that last and year. And that was the one thing that when we talked about it, when Herman got fired, we were like, yeah, it's going to be crazy if, like, your worst thing was probably just not playing your main guys and getting them the ball. Like, it was something that simple. But that yeah, was, was, like, the biggest flaw that he had You're during right. Bichon's freshman year. He'd still be here if yeah. he gave Just gave the ball to Bichon. Like, it, it's so simple. And hey, you know what? I'm, I'm glad that he's moved on. I think it probably was for the better considering the the, the S show and the Fuster Cluck that Sark inherited because it, it definitely what, wasn't trending the right way. Man. Definitely overcomplicated a simple yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Keep the ball until he's – and that's the thing about and, this year, Texas's skill guys, there's and, a few of them, so I, I think we'll get funneled. And we all underestimate the impact of Sam Ellinger. Every, and, and we gave him props. Yep. We talked about Sam's leadership and the impact he had. Still – Everybody underestimated him. His scrambling, right? The most he was the most scramble happy quarterback in college football because he had to be. Go mm-hmm. look at that old line now, right? The leadership, the eyes of Texas. Hell, man! Turns out that that thing should have eaten, eaten the team alive. The only reason that they didn't lose more games was probably because of that dude keeping things together. Like it, it we just you couldn't really quantify what he meant to the program. Yeah, I'm a Sam Ellinger apologist, and I'll never, I'll never apologize for being a Sam Ellinger apologist. You damn right. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. He's like up there, the one of the best quarterbacks in school history. Considering what was going on at the time, I, I I put him in the conversation just because I I know what he was dealing with personally. Same thing I know what Sims was dealing with and all that. Like I so I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about defense on last week's show, which is why I kind of wanted to switch gears and talk offense. But I want to talk defense in this sense, Rod. It does sound like they're going to. Well, two things. I think two things are happening. I think one thing is this defensive line, the interior defensive line specifically. They're practicing to their paper, if that makes any sense. Okay. Uh, in terms of that group is producing and playing well. Alfred Collins might have been the best defensive player on the field in the practice on Saturday. The full padded practice with some scrimmage portions. Yes, Lord. Based on what sources said, uh, Moro Ojimo's had some kind of injury. I haven't gotten clarification on what the injury was, but I know Tuesday when I was out of practice, he was a full participant, full go. So whatever it was, it's apparently not bothering him anymore. Yeah. You still got Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat, and Byron Murphy's gotten some work with the ones. It does sound like that D line has played better, which, again, you worry about the O line getting better, but mm-hmm. it's a different conversation for another day. It does sound like, Rod, they're tinkering with being a more three down front with you're really maximizing the depth they've got on the interior D line. Okay. I see that with basically your three best D. Like your base three down linemen as those three down, mm-hmm. and depending on uh, what group you're looking at, uh, I'm not, uh, I and I think probably right now, like if they had to line up and play a game today, that group would. I be think that would be Murphy, Ojemo. Coburn, Murphy, Co- Coburn, and uh, Collins. Okay, I like that. 
I like that group. Okay. Just because Ojimo's been kind of in and out and hasn't really, haven't really heard much about more Ojimo this spring. Um, man, your linebacker is going to be crucial. Jalen Ford might be having the best spring of anybody on defense That's right good. now. Hearing that was huge. If Ford and Overshone are your linebackers. Uh, I wonder who they've used as their kind of the jack, I guess. Is that what it is? Who's that? Yeah, is Sark, Sark's talked about, there. you know. I wonder who that would be. Then. Well, he said you know, guys like Justice Finkley, who we talked a lot about last week, mm. Baron Sorrell, another guy we talked about. He said okay. those guys have flashed. But they need going back to being robotic. Yeah, he said Ovia Gofu's at the point where he's cutting it loose and just playing. Good for him. He said, but the rest of the group needs to get there. Yeah, pretty much. Good for him. He's I, really. I like it sounds that. like he's really separated from that group. Uh, man, it'd be nice if a Gofu would step up. Yeah, I mean, you just need someone to separate at DN. Last year they just rotated guys and nobody made a big impact there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think they if they find somebody to step up to at least create some separation. At least they can start to kind of build the blueprint around, as we've pointed out, who your best 11, man. Figure it out. So we're talking about, yep. Yeah, figure out who the best 11 guys are, build a defense around that best 11, and then look for the, the pieces that you and, and just be be malleable, man. Be malleable because guys are going to get hurt. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have to change your identity defensively probably mid season at one point just because yeah. of injuries or you're going to tweak it somehow. Yeah. Things you misevaluated. It can't be a situation where if Jalen Ford gets hurt, your defense goes to crap. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you can't afford to have that happen. Can't afford, yeah, any of those guys. So I do think they'll be able to improve defense, though. I'm starting to feel if they just improve at the defensive ends and they can't be worse, so they'll have to improve, uh, and they improve at cornerback, those, pl- those places where you can win one on ones. And if they can improve there and start winning more one on ones, Texas defense will be better. I know we got to wrap up, but and this will probably lead us into next week. Sark was asked, kind of, what's been the point of emphasis for the secondary, and he said, real simple, no easy completions. Yeah, contested catches. Yeah, like yeah, just, and, and not just talk about can, can you can you go break up a fifty fifty ball? Like, can you you know push off your back foot and drive on something and break mm-hmm. up a slant or a comeback? Yeah, I agree. Even curl routes like. No, no, no easy, no gimmies. That's what you say, man. No gimmies, no yeah. gimmies here, man. Yeah, that hitch route. I know you. I know your coach told you, like, hey, that'll be open every time. No, it ain't gonna be open every time. <laughs> All right, I'm so I agree with that. If you just start there, and everything is contested. Everything is contested. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know, Rod. If again, I'd have to know what coverage was called, what they were doing. Was it the coach? Was the wrong coverage called? Mm-hmm. Was the was the player just not paying attention? But you got to get to a point where, man, if you're playing. Eight yards off the line of scrimmage on third and five. Well, what, what are we even doing here? Exactly. <laughs> Why do we practice then? Because anybody hell, could do that. Matt and I could go play corner and that's that scenario. Yeah, and they go through, like I said, they, I hope they're not being coached in that situation down distance to do that. But if coach is not being specific about what you're supposed to do there, gets back to what Coach Aquino, I would say, I, don't, I can't tell you how to cover something. I don't want you to be a robot. You need, you need to see it and understand the game. Yeah, means, have your own independent. That means those guys are, aren't seeing and understanding the game. Yeah, yeah. for sure. If, if coaches and now if coaches specifying, I want you eight yards off on a third and five, then we got flawed much scheme. larger issues. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say either one for of real. those. It goes back to me. It goes back to the coach. He needs to either specify that, uh, and if he doesn't, he needs to be training those guys to be problem solvers on the field to diagnose the situation and the circumstance and be able to provide a creative solution to complex problems. That's all that happens across a football field. I think that's a good way to end it. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104.9, 101.9 AM 1260, streaming 
on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, or you can get Rod B. and Mike Harge on Ball Don't Lie each and every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of archives, our classic interviews and shows, are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. Click that follow button to get every episode of Longhorn Blitz when it drops on top of every episode of the flagship and state of recruiting. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.